So I think, this is my prediction. I'm putting it down right now. I got my money on the table on this. Logan Paul wants to have the biggest fight in boxing, right? So he fights Floyd Mayweather, right? What would be the biggest fight in the W? Who is the biggest person that he could fight? And, and I'm not going to take maybe this win. You, Matt. I'm not gonna take you know, you know, you know what it is, right? You just say, yeah, I know you want to say. <sighs> He's going to fight The Rock. He's going <laughs> to, I say, WrestleMania number 40. Okay, we're at 39. So for the next year, I think he's going to continue the story. He's going to fight The Miz, maybe something else, you know, whatever's going to happen. I think it's leading up to Logan Paul versus The Rock. Good morning, marketers. We're back for episode number five. And today we got a lot of fun stuff to cover about ClickFunnels, Russell Brunson, um, some beef between Ahrefs and SEMrush, as well as a little bonus story at the end, something we found that was really cool. Um, one thing I've noticed, Andrew, is that uh, a lot of people are messaging me about the show and uh, asking to get interviewed on the show. So I just want to start off the show right now by saying that this is not a f-ing interview show. And it's also, <laughs> and it's also not a podcast. I mean, we do syndicate it on a podcast, but I think our vision for the show is that it is a, it is a YouTube show. It is a news show covering news that matters to creators, publishers, and marketers. So, you know, since you know, some people might watch this video and watch the first like 30 seconds of it, I just want to like start off by letting everybody know that no, we will not interview you for the show because it's not an interview show. Um, and uh, don't call it a podcast. Hmm? I think we can take that as, as, a, as a, you know, just a nice, warm welcome that they're enjoying our content. They're enjoying your energy. They <laughs> just want to, they just want to share in your presence. They just, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to count, put, chalk that up as a, as a, just a warm representation of our, of our content. That's what I'm going to I had, I had a, like, on, after we announced the first episode, I had a lot of people message me and say, do you want to interview me for your podcast? And I was like, it's not an interview podcast, but if you want to get to know each other, I'm like, sure. Like, you seem like a cool person. <laughs> like, they go MIA. I'm like, wait, you don't want to like get to know me? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, oh, which is a piece of me. <laughs> Yeah, but it's also funny to mention someone like, do you want to interview me? It's like, why? <laughs> I don't even know you. Like, you know? Anyways, um, so there's that aspect. And um, and then, yeah, the other part is like the whole thing of like, I ask people, why do you think it's a podcast? They say it looks like a podcast. I think because of our microphones and our headphones, it looks like a podcast. So whatever. This yeah, is a, uh, yeah, I give that. But my original vision was that this was going to be a YouTube show, right? So it's like, now we're a, we're a video podcast show. Anyways. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, I I can understand the the confusion though, too, because podcast is a very popular format structure. I work with clients that are all about the podcast and the interview style and, uh, but there's multiple, multiple ways to skin a cat. And Matt, when you, when you came to me with this idea, I was like, I was intrigued right away. I was intrigued because I agree with you that nobody was really doing a show like kind of like this about marketing, like for marketers and content creators in the, and, and just, uh, discussing, in a chill, uh, casual kind of vibe that uh, where we're going to be highlighting some of the news that is relevant to those people, and so yeah, that's what intrigued me right away when you came uh, when you said when you first tabled this idea, and uh, and if, being, if people are looking to get some more exposure and access your audience, then yeah, maybe they they want to get interviewed, but um, but hey, yeah, well, we should definitely have. <laughs> I want to get guests on the show. 
that are going to help guest talk speakers. about different talk. Yeah. Like guests to help talk about some of these topics. Like I was talking to a friend of mine, she's really big into the crypto space and, you know, we have a lot of crypto stories that we want to cover about creators in the crypto space, NFTs, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we're oh, actually yeah. talking to we're, we actually have been talking about uh, putting that together. So I do want to do that show because I think that she's, you know, an expert in crypto and she'll be able to give us more insight into what's going on there. Um, but on a side note too, you know, we were also trying to figure out the branding and the logo for good morning marketers and, uh, the designer that I hired fired me. <laughs> he broke up with me yesterday. He's like, I Are think our vision. No, he's like, I think our vision for design is different. And I was like, as he was saying it, I was like, Are you breaking up with me? He's like, Yes, I am. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so, but what I said to him the last time we talked, I said, we need a logo that when somebody sees it, it looks like a news show. I think that's going to okay. clear it up so people don't think it's an uh, interview show. I think the logo yeah. needs to make it look like it's a news show. So we were looking at yeah. news logos, and I think that is a solution. So we're close. Um, once we get the like logo kind of, then we'll, we can figure out the rest of the branding. But anyways, I'm happy that we what? launched without branding and without figuring all that yeah. stuff out. Because it's going to be make for a great story. And like, you know, when we do like a keynote talk in like two years from now, we'll be like, yeah, yes. when we first started, you know, Matt was using a shitty webcam he found at Value Village and uh, we had no logo. Our audio was shit, you know? Lighting sucks. Sometimes no cameras was... work. Sometimes cameras don't work. I mean, yeah. it's a work in progress. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this, this project with you here, Matt. This is really exciting stuff. And I mean, done is better than perfect at the end of the day. <laughs> We were waiting until we had everything lined up before we hit the record button. Well, then, then maybe the show would have never happened. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm proud of us. <laughs> I, th I think it's getting better. Like, I watched the last episode. I was like, this one's pretty good. Like, we do like, it was okay. I did notice that I keep saying or whatever a lot. And I say like a lot. And I say, uh, you know what I mean? So, you know, I was just being critical of myself. So, it's my goal for this episode speech. is, yeah, is to say, um, is to not say or whatever. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, you, you know what? Can we can we talk about this actually? I want to talk about this because because I this subject comes up all the time for me. It's filler speech, the um, the you knows, the so's, the whatevers. And it's it's that pause that your brain needs to think about what you're going to say next to form your your speech pattern and your and your thought process, right? So it's and I just did it just right now. And the only way, in my experience, the only way to avoid that is a teleprompter. Now, pros and cons. If, if you're working on like a video sales letter, and I know you've, you've got a lot of experience with that kind of stuff. If you're working on like a funnel and it needs to be dialed, okay, get yourself a teleprompter. That will get rid of all the, the filler speech or rely on a video editor to kind of cut out all of that stuff. But then, it, then the content becomes really choppy. But here's my... And I want to hear your opinion on this, Matt, because my big thing is that, fine, great, you've cut out all the filler speech, but now your content becomes less relatable because now it's almost like too polished. It's overly polished. It's too perfect. Nobody speaks like that. Well, I think there's some, you know, you can sound more clear by not saying too much of or whatever. It's also when I'm trying to explain a story and then I say or whatever. Like I could see the viewer being like, what do you mean? Or whatever, like, tell me the details, you know, but also I don't think that you don't do it. I was watching it and I was like, you do not do, you don't have, you have a way more, uh, like, like you don't use a lot of, uh, filler words, but you know, I, you know, I was a public speaker for many years, so I'm totally okay with saying, uh, I'll play right into it. Right. 
but I just noticed yeah. that I was, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you be critical of yourself. I'm, you know, I'm not being critical to the point, like I'm insecure about it or something like this. It's not what I'm trying to get at. I just, you know, I was watching it. How do we improve the show? I was looking at different things, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, I also talked to you about, I think we should uh, focus on talking 10% slower. Um, and I think that's also going to help us a lot. So. Yeah, I think, I'm, I think I'm gonna have to put like a sticky note or something up here. Speak slower. <laughs> You know what else? I got some good feedback from another friend that said that we should put words on the screen when we say something that's like really impactful. Like in the last episode, when we we're talking about Bill C11 and we were saying a few things, like have points within the video that words show up on the screen to emphasize yeah. and like do a pattern drop. Animated and especially, test. yeah, especially when we do our clips. And I was like, that's a really good, but to have that in the show randomly, I thought it's an interesting style. It, it's not only an interesting style, but you're actually teaching the YouTube AI that much. You're serving it more data, more metadata. So it has an easier time understanding what the content is. Yes, the YouTube AI is listening to us, but when you insert text on the screen, that's actually, you know how I was telling you that YouTube actually inserts the chapters automatically now without you having to manually put input them. Mm -hmm. For my clients, I do have the editor insert and break up the content with some animated text. And I noticed that the YouTube AI will use that animated text to carve out the, the chapters. Yeah, the time comes. Oh, okay, interesting. Okay, dude, we got to dive into the ClickFunnels 2.0 release date. Uh, and you are way more familiar with ClickFunnels than I am. I used it a little bit back in the day. I experimented, I, I, I tested it out. I ended up just like moving on because it wasn't part of my, my business back in those days, but I'm glad to have that experience. And I have a huge amount of respect for Russell Brunson. I uh, watched actually that whole series of videos that he promoted recently where, where it showed the progression of his, of his relationship with Tony Robbins. And that actually just gave me even more appreciation for him and, and the work that he's put into ClickFunnels and, and just what he's all about. Plus, he has kind of like that, that nerdy kind of vibe about him, which I resonate with because I'm a bit of a nerd. Not bit. I'm a huge nerd. So I, I, don't, I totally get where he's coming from and get super excited over like super geeky stuff. But you, you got to serve this up to us in a big juicy platter here because I, I'm not a big ClickFunnels user. You are. And it looks like the 2.0 release is huge. This looks massive. All right. I'm going to give you a little background because I've been watching this, this concept that they put it, putting out about ClickFunnels 2.0 for a while. It's not out yet. And... I had a friend, the reason why I actually got into this is a friend of mine flagged that Sam Cart raised, I think, $60 million. And we were discussing what Sam Cart's doing. So Sam Cart started as a shopping cart software. And now they've expanded into including um, uh, LMS features. So online courses, you could now build your landing pages and so on. So they're becoming a competitor to ClickFunnels, starting as a shopping cart, which is interesting. And ClickFunnels, their, their editor, the way that it works, was actually originally they were trying to make an editor for um, producing your email marketing, like an email marketing template system, right? So I give a little background on the history of page builders, like SaaS page builders for landing pages and funnels. The first one that kind of really blew up and got popular was, I think it was Lead Pages. I'm going to say it was probably the first one. And Lead Pages allowed you to kind of it had a template, there'd be a headline, there'd be an image, maybe you could put a video, and you could only just change the text of the headline. You could change the text of the description, you could change the image, but you couldn't move it around. 
You couldn't, you know, make your own sections and so on, right? Or you could make a section, but then you could only edit what, what was, you know, it was very strict in how you can edit it, right? So it was not great, right? Um, and then at that time, I was using Unbounce. And Unbounce is great because you can just move things around anywhere on the page. You can just take an element and just drag it anywhere, right? No restrictions. So as a, des a page builder designer, very easy. The challenges with that is that a lot of people who don't know design, they don't know how to use margins and padding and so on. So things can become messy because you could literally just put anything anywhere on the page. And when I was using Unbounce, I was a very early adopter to Unbounce, like within the first year that they launched. And I realized that I could have all these landing pages, but I couldn't make a funnel. Everything was just landing pages. You could put your pages into groups, but it wasn't tracking that they would go to this page, they would opt in, and they would go to this page, and then they would do this action. It wasn't a funnel. I actually think, I haven't used it recently, but I did look into it maybe two years ago or something. They still don't have that functionality. They're just about really? learning. A, yeah, it's just a landing page. I mean, uh, I, you know, I haven't looked at it recently, so wow. I, I don't know. I didn't check into this. Oh. Um, but but uh, still, it yeah. seems to me that's pretty serious that if you can't track the conversion rates, then what's the point? No, you can really tra track. Yeah, so you can oh, track okay. the conversion rate of your landing page, but you don't know from point A to point B where like, you know, because your funnel can have many pages. I do not think that Unbounce has a shopping cart system. So it just, you're only tracking opt-ins. You can't, through Unbounce, you, I mean, maybe there's some way to hack this. I don't know, but like, it's not built to be tracking the sale and that sort of thing. They're, they they okay. target startups, startups that are building like an MVP. They want their landing page up, that sort of thing. But I told them because they were Vancouver based and I would go to their events and I would, you know, I met, there was like five founders. I met them all. And I told them this, I'm like, you guys should be targeting these people selling courses. And I told, I remember telling them about like Frank Kern and like, I was like explain to them the, the world of, of, you know, all, and they were like, oh, interesting. Like they didn't know, you know, and they like, never heard of Frank Kern. Yeah. This is like. 2015 or something like that. I was like, it was oh, like Frank okay. Kern. I explained to them okay. like traffic secrets and all this stuff. I was like, you know, people selling courses. And then it was, he was just like, uh, like he just didn't really know what I was talking about. And I was like, I need a funnel, not a landing page, you know? And this is like 2015. I was like a very early adopter telling them this. And I was surprised you they still were. don't have this. Yeah. And they also don't believe in affiliate marketing. So they don't have like an affiliate system, which I think is kind of silly. Like you look at ClickFunnels, the reason they grew so much. And by the way, ClickFunnels has way more users than Unbounce. And I just think it's funny that they're like, again, Against the they're like if people love our product they should just promote it why would we need to pay them I'm like because because affiliate marketing I don't know because <laughs> that's what motivates people to take action duh. <laughs> but I, yeah. I don't know yeah it's like you know for me to put in a lot of effort to promote something like oh great, great if I can get paid like I don't mind just telling people unbounce is cool but like anyways yeah. so ClickFunnels comes around and ClickFunnels their page builder is very easy to use. And I think what made it easy to use is they're using the design principles that a developer would use or like a, a, a UI designer would use, right? So you have sections, you have rows, and you have columns, right? So the section is, this is the section of the page, right? Then you have um, the, uh, I guess it goes, sorry, it goes columns. So it goes sections, columns, rows. Then you have columns. So you can have, I don't know, maybe up to five or six columns within that section. And then you have okay. rows, which is all the stuff that would go in. I think, I think I got that right. So that's like how designer developers, that's how they build things and when they're coding things, right? So it made it a little bit more restricted into how you could put things in a place. So you can't just drag something anywhere on the page. And I think that helped people to design pages a little bit easier and just made it easier to use versus you just put things anywhere. Right. Yeah. And they had yeah, the concept of the funnel. So Russell Brunson was very well known marketer at the time who was building funnels and spending tens of thousands of dollars to 
build out all these funnels and all these, you do what's called like a one click upsell. So someone buys your one product, then you have a video on the next page that says, Hey, you just bought this product. How would you like this product too? Just click this one button. You already have their payment information. So as soon as they click that button, it's an automatic upsell. Then you could have down sales and cross sales. They say, no, I don't want this. Then you could say, well, how about I give it to you at this and you just pay, you know, a dollar a month or, you know, something like that. Right. Uh, they also have order bumps. So when you're on the checkout, you could say, yeah, I'm buying this book. Well, Hey, you want to get the audiobook? Just check this box and I'll send you the audiobook as well. Those are uh, order bumps. So the shopping cart functionality, being able to like customize everything about your shopping cart was very unique. I, I believe they were the first people to make a shopping cart that was fully customizable. It's almost like you're building like a, a form on your website, but you do it with a shopping cart. And then uh, they had the ability to do uh, a PLF sequence. So a product launch formula, which is very, very popular with uh, Jeff Walker popularized the PLF sequence. And back in the day, there used to be what they call like the, the syndicate of digital marketers that would uh, all promote each other's uh, product launches. And they would all use this PLF sequence as a series of four right. videos. There's a psychology to each one of these videos, but to like technically create a PLF sequence was a lot of work and a lot of money. And so with ClickFunnels, you can easily create this, the whole four video formula and do a PLF. You could do automated webinar funnels, um, lots of stuff. They have, you know, they also have like the two-step order form, which he was using for his free plus shipping uh, book. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of features that people would use to build funnels that are like built into ClickFunnels. So they're very focused on people who are building funnels. So I remember when I was getting into ClickFunnels, I built my whole website. So originally I built my whole website with Unbounce. So when I got ClickFunnels, I built my website with, with ClickFunnels and it's not meant for that, but you can have a navigation bar and you just build, instead of having like a funnel, people go from like step A to all the way down, you just build multiple pages. They're basically like multiple landing pages. You just put them all into one funnel, whatever. And people can just click to go to every page and you just build out your page that way, right? Mm -hmm. uh, trying to make a blog on ClickFunnels, Pretty much not possible. Uh, like, I mean, it would, just, it would just be ridiculous. You'd have to build a page for every blog post. It'd be, it'd be silly, right? But uh, a lot of people talk about this. And I remember Russell Brunson saying, like, we're not going to make an editor for, for websites or blogs because we're focused on funnels. I remember him saying this. I was like, he was so adamant that, like, ClickFunnels is not this or that. It is a funnel building software, right? So then when I started hearing about ClickFunnels 2.0, uh, I thought it was very interesting that now they're expanding outside this. So what I think happened, he got to the stage and, but there was, um, you know, there was a time where I think he was kind of like done being the CEO, right? He had Dave Woodward take over as a CEO and, um, and, uh, he was kind of stepping away and doing other, other things, right? He had kind of like reached the peak of kind of what he wanted to do with ClickFunnels. So I think they were considering selling, um, based on watching his vlogs and so on. He went to, uh, the Salesforce conference for what it's called SalesCon. I don't know what it's called. Um, I think, I think they were maybe getting an, an offer for, from George Benioff. He's the founder of uh, Salesforce. Yeah. They, he doesn't say who gave him the offer, but it says they, 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 publicly disclosed that they turned down an offer, right? You know? Yeah. So what I think is that I think they would, this is my prediction is what I think. I think that they would have sold it for a billion. And I think the offer yeah. was not a billion. I think that's what it was because I think for a billion dollars, no problem. You can buy ClickFunnels, but uh, he probably offered them less. And they were like, you know what? We could, you know, we could either make the next version of this. We can go public. We could, you know, whatever. There's other options. So they decided how do we, you know, take this to the next level? So 
going back to my friend flagging the story about Samcart and what they're building, then we started talking about Click, ClickFunnels 2.0. And then I also mentioned about Ghost and how Ghost is creating a, a new CMS or a competitor to WordPress, which I always felt like WordPress had dominated the market of CMSs. It'd be very interesting to see another platform become a leading CMS in that way. And I, I really like Ghost. Ghost is really still a baby. There's so much, there's not a big ecosystem of people building um, apps and plugins for it. They don't have that many users to make it worth it, I think. But I think Ghost is really interesting to me. So when I look at ClickFunnels 2.0, I was like, will ClickFunnels 2.0 be a CMS? Like, can you just make your website with it? So I did a little digging and I watched a presentation of Russell Brunson at, uh, at Click Funnel Hacking Live, I think last year in 2021. And he was doing a presentation about, about uh, ClickFunnels 2.0. And so I watched that. Then I found the video of him um, talking to Tony Robbins about his legacy and kind of this whole idea of being acquired. Um, we did look at potentially selling or going public. We looked pretty deep both directions. Uh, got a really good offer that we turned down because I'm the artist who's like... Yeah. Um, and then we kind of regrouped and we're like, well, what do we do then? Like, do we... Like we're, we've been doing this now seven years. I feel like we've built, uh, an, not just built a business, but we built an industry. There's a whole yep. thing around it. It's been pretty cool. One of the things that's come at me a lot is a lot of the people that we built up, that we trained, that we gave these careers to are now coming and building software to compete with us and right. seeing the opportunity and coming at us. So that's happening. We, uh, we started building ClickFunnels 2.0 from the ground up, completely uh, revamped. And we're going to be launching it at our Funnel Hacking Live event uh, in a couple months. I've heard you talk about it before that like when people are like, they're coming for where you're at. You're like, well, we're, I'm a year, a, a decade beyond you now. Like that's where we're coming back. We're all coming in, they're cloning what we're doing. Yeah. We're coming out and we're going to be five, 10 years above them with the next iteration. So you see, it's, it's interesting to see his, um, his evolution, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, and also just looking at his legacy and where he wants to take this. So I love that he made the decision to make ClickFunnels 2.0. So I found this article, I'm showing it up on my screen right now about, you know, there's a sneak peek here at ClickFunnels 2.0. And I want to go over some of these new features and, and what they're going to mean to, to creators, to businesses. Um, you know, I think that this is going to change the game. I think this is a big deal. Um, I'm currently not using ClickFunnels as much as I used to, but I would definitely be moving my website um, and all my stuff back over to ClickFunnels uh, with all this stuff. So the first thing is Funnel Hub, which is going to be, it says right here, the Funnel Hub is the new modern website and funnel building headquarters. It's where you're going to find your backend navigation, right? So that's where you're going to, he's saying right there, it's, you can build your website and your funnel, right? This visual automation builder, um, there was a tool that came out, I want to was it Funnelytics, I think, where you can visualize your funnel. So watching the presentation at Funnel Hacking Live, where they were explaining was that you could have, you could do an A-B split test, but not just of this page to that page, but you can have people go down different paths. You can have them go down different paths based on what they bought in the past. Or you could just do a split test and says, if they go down this path, then they go through all this stuff. They go down this path, they go through all that stuff. But can, and to, can, you, can you confirm this for me? I yeah. feel like I, this is, I'm thinking about stuff that I haven't thought about in a long time, but I feel like Funnelytics was kind of uh, frowned upon and I can't remember why. 
Am I am I making stuff up here right now, or what, like were, weren't people having problems with analytics? Or maybe it was a different feature that I'm thinking of right now. No, I don't think so. I, I okay. um, I've thought the sentiment on analytics, people really like it. But okay, I okay. think that this and is I'm kind just, of I'm I'm forgetting something here. Then. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I think, you know, you know, because Russell talked about, you know, people in the marketplace kind of replicating and kind of copying click funnels, which a lot of people did. There's a lot of, you know, landing page building, yeah. funnel builders and stuff like that out there. Yeah. Uh, which is true. Yeah, he talked about people bragging about the fact that their pages loaded faster than click funnels pages. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so this also reminds me of Infusionsoft. So when you're building out your email automations in Infusionsoft, what was really great about Infusionsoft is that visual editor, right? Uh, where yeah. you could say this email, if they click, then they do this and, you know, so on. Right. Um, yeah. I've also seen him do these like sticker packs. You can get stickers with like video, email, whatever, and you could put them on your whiteboard and stuff. And it was pretty cool. So I think this idea of visualizing it, usually you're whiteboarding it, whatever, but to build it out like this, I think will be amazing, especially if you're uh, an agency selling this as a service to be able to, you know, build out a visual representation of what you're, what you're doing and be able to explain that to a client. Awesome. Fast faster load speed. So yeah, they're showing here is a graph of how much faster they're going to be than everybody else. Speed is so important. You know, going back to me switching from WordPress to Ghost, my website is so fast. It is so fast, Ghost, right? And it's the infrastructure of how it's built and so on. So I love that they are- Google pays attention that. to that speed. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. There's also another issue that people have been talking about. I don't think it has to do with, with, with load speed, but apparently- um, uh, people are having issues getting their ads approved if they use ClickFunnels. So hopefully that will be addressed as well. I don't know why. Maybe because there's a lot of bad actors in ClickFunnels. I don't know. Maybe because they're using the subdomain. Maybe that was the reason why, because oh, yeah. they're not putting their, putting their own domain. I don't know why I just brought that up. But yeah. I, just, I, know redirect, I know ads and redirect links are definitely not friends. I don't know if that would be tied into that. But I notice a lot of people don't customize their C name to have a custom domain on ClickFunnels. They'll just use the subdomain, ClickFunnels.something. Like, why would you, you know? So then they have CRM funnels. So it says build inter internal workflows for converting prospects into customers using our new custom CRM flow. So this looks to me like a uh, pipe drive. And it also looks to me like what I use active campaign for. So when somebody applies for, for our program or for whatever, they they kind of like a card goes into this. Like we have these flows of like, okay, they applied here, they scheduled the call, you know, it kind of goes into these multiple steps. So to have that, that now replaces the need for active campaigns, CRM functionality, which by the way, I use active campaign. And I, even though it's one of the main things I do in my agency is, is setting up active campaign for people because I'm so aware of all the issues. I actually really don't like active campaign, but I just don't know a better option. Like nothing's like that much better to like switch. But active campaign is very, yeah, you know, I remember active campaign raised like $60 million in like 2015 or 2014 or something like that and did nothing. Like they built a page builder. That's a really bad page builder. And they built some other new features that I just like don't even want in my dashboard and just didn't. Yeah. Anyways. So I would love yeah. to use this instead of, uh, of that team collaboration. I think this is probably the coolest thing. So what you could do. Yeah. I was impressed to see that too. Multiple people building on the same page, just like in a Google doc where you could see someone's doing this or that, that is over the top. Awesome. Right? Like, cause I mean, no brainer for remote teams and remote teams are taking over. So yeah. Cause now if you both log in to click funnels, you're, 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 you could be building one thing that when you hit save, like it could affect the other, like it's not, you can't work at the same time. And so doing that is going to be 
crazy because I would love to be able to get in there with my designer and my copywriter and just like everyone just works at the same time. That would be crazy. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. That's yeah. It. That's, uh, I'm sure that was a feature that was being requested. It certainly sounds like, I mean, and I'm going to let, let you wrap that this uh, this review here up here on that, but it certainly sounds like that that they really did listen to their audience. They really did listen to the pain points that were being reported through using platforms 1.0 and they're they're now taking uh, a piece of all these different CRMs lunch because they're now incorporating all these different CRM features into ClickFunnels 2.0 to really house and streamline the entire process into one interface. And yeah, there's no denying that that's, that's the way to go. That's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. And this part surprised me, which was the e-commerce features. I didn't think they were going to go this way because um, a lot of people do use ClickFunnels to sell physical products. But usually if you have like an e-commerce store, you're going to go with like Shopify. If you have a lot of products and a lot of SKUs and that sort of thing, you need something like Shopify, right? Or, you know, WooCommerce, like WordPress based, you know, that sort of thing, right? So they're also doing this for physical products, um, being able to have your own store, all that. I think that's overkill that you can have a full on e-commerce store. And you could also have, they're calling them cart funnels. So you can go there, add something to your cart, continue shopping, add to cart. This is now competing with Shopify. I imagine a store that has hundreds of SKUs and so on, I'm maybe not going to be able to use ClickFunnels. I don't know. When I used Shopify, what I noticed is that a lot of things when there's, I worked with a client that had thousands of SKUs and there's like a, a, a file you download. It's like a CSV file that could also, you could download. It also works to upload it into like Google Shopping. So I can like download the file and then upload it into another platform. And it's all formatted. There's a certain name for this file type. So it just becomes very robust and very flexible when you have something that's dedicated to e-commerce. So I'm curious to see if that's what this is going to be, or this is going to be like, if you have, let's call it like under a hundred products, then probably be okay to use ClickFunnels. I just wonder how it would scale, if they're going to do the whole spreadsheet stuff, if it's going to integrate with Google Shopping. Because there's like Google Shop, there's the Pinterest has a shopping thing, Instagram has a shopping thing, and they all use the same sort of file type. Right? It's like a CSV download and you upload it and certain column names, all that stuff. So I think that's cool. Then new course builders. So their LMS right now is really basic. So they're going to make a better course builder. And then a blog builder. And that's what's going to really allow you to build your website is to be able to have your own blog that you can start blogging through the ClickFunnels editor. Crazy. I hope, I mean, I'm looking at the screenshot right now. It doesn't look like it's going to be a, a great editor. It looks like a pretty basic editor, but I'm sure they can make it better over time. But uh, yeah, I believe in the blog. Awesome. So who do you think yeah. is, and maybe you already said this at the beginning and I didn't quite hear you. Who do you think is the number one competitor to ClickFunnels? Like 1.0 and 2.0. Who's the number one competitor? I know you mentioned Samcart and I didn't want to interrupt you, but did a quick Google search. Sam Cart raises 82 million in Series B to service thriving creator economy. Everyone's talking about the creator economy these days. And this was just, this is a press release that was released just five days ago. Um, did you say Sam Cart is their number one competitor or is it, or did I hear you wrong? No, I just think, I just think it's interesting that Sam Cart started off as just a shopping cart. So you could just embed your shopping cart into any page, right? I used them originally when they first launched. So it's just interesting that they go from shopping cart and then they build out um, landing page builder and then LMS. And now they, are, they could be considered a competitor to ClickFunnels. Um, I would say uh, the main competitor is probably Kajabi. 
because Kajabi is very focused on the course part, yeah. the LMS side, and they have some community features and that sort of thing, but their page builder is not that great. I personally am not a fan of Kajabi. I don't. I, I think Kajabi is way overpriced for what it is, and I don't like the idea of being locked into the ecosystem. Yeah, you, and you just said it. Uh, has uh, ClickFunnels 2.0 uh, disclosed their price? I actually don't know. I haven't, I haven't found it. No, but let's talk about that after. I'm going to tell you what, what I think the pricing is going to gotcha. be. Gotcha. Okay, so we got Blogger. They got a new page builder. They got sophisticated email workflow. So now, again, going back to what I use ActiveCampaign for, they're doing the exact same thing you could do. This originally was kind of like something you would see in like Infusionsoft. Now, and then you see ActiveCampaign has something that looks just like this. Uh, so I think that that's going to be awesome. I would, I would love to ditch active campaign. I just want to say that currently, um, active, uh, sorry, ClickFunnels has something called, um, actionetics. It was, they have actionetics for their email marketing and they have backpack for their affiliate marketing. Both those products, in my opinion, Bad, that, very bad. I do not like. You just jerked. Yeah. that's what I was thinking of. I was like, "What was it called?" Backpack yeah. and action. That's what I remember hearing yeah. years ago that everybody hated. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get into it right yeah. now, but yeah, I do not like yeah. them. Uh, so, because ClickFunnels pricing right now, it's a hundred bucks uh, for funnels and all that kind of stuff, and you're limited to how many. I think you build like a hundred funnels, something like that, hundred bucks. Then at three hundred dollars a month, you get backpack, actionetics, and unlimited funnels, right? But I personally don't like backpack or actionetics, so I don't think they're you know usable uh, for me anyway. Other people have used them. I just I've I tried. I was excited when they came out. I tried. I've worked with clients using them. I've moved people off of them. But this, what they're looking at now, this looks awesome. Like I yeah. Then this is my my personal favorite thing: membership sites. Yeah, I think that their membership sites. It looks like they're doing something. They, when they, we're gonna talk about this later. But when they did the one funnel away challenge, originally their community was built inside a muddy network, so they were using somebody else's product. I think that they're gonna build something where you can build a real community. I think that they recognize the the power of community, and I think that membership sites are going to be awesome on ClickFunnels. I saw some other screenshots, not here, maybe it was in this article, of kind of what it looks like. And it looked like one that looked kind of like a Netflix style guide. So you can have all your videos and so on, which I'm actually looking for that right now. I want to, I have all these internet mastermind videos and I want to make them look like Netflix, you know? Um, you also see uh, Wistia did something where they made, I think it's called Soapbox. And it was kind of like, you can make your own website. It's kind of shitty, but you can make your own website and it kind of looks like scrolls left to right, like Netflix and stuff. Oh, really? So I thought that was cool. So yeah. Um, it's very expensive. I have a Wistia account. And I remember upgrading to get Soapbox was like, like hundreds of dollars a month extra. And I looked at it, it was like, it was so basic. All right. Email broadcast. They already have this. You can use a ClickFunnels editor to build out your emails and do email broadcasts, all that. It's going to be awesome. Oh, here it is. The customer center. This is what I was talking about. There we go. Now you can build a customer center where your customers can access their paid content. And this is what it looks like here. That's exactly what I was just talking about. Right. So I, I just think it looks so good. You know, I think like that design looks awesome compared to what they have now. Awesome. Right. Universal elements. So this is key in order to build out your website is to have something where it's like, okay, this is always on the header. This is, you know, be able to move things. They already have something like this already. Right. And then analytics, real time. They already have good analytics, but this looks like they're going to improve their analytics. 
this is a simultaneous uh, page editing. That's what we were talking about with Teams. I think the Teams thing was probably admitting people into your account, but this is going to be able to where you can edit the page together. That's what we were talking about earlier. Then here, this is a sophisticated funnel flow. So this is where someone puts in their email address whenever they're buying something. If you know they already have product A, then the upsell could then promote product B and so on. And you go on like that. I think that's going to be awesome, killer. So they're saying they're going live in 2022. Oh, okay. I, I messaged uh, Dave Woodwards, uh, who's the CEO of, uh, of ClickFunnels, and I asked him if I can get access to it. And he says it's still in beta. But he said that he would give me access once they get out of beta. So when people were at Funnel Hacking Live last year, I think some of those people, or maybe all those people, got access to this. I think I looked around; like I, I haven't seen anybody producing any content or like showing the editor and stuff. And I think it's like not all really ready. But it's supposed to come out this year. Here's what I think is going to happen: Russell Brunson knows that you know high ticket offers work and he knows how much people pay for certain things so right now there's this $100 plan $300 plan i think for sure there will be a $500 plan but i also think that there's going to be a $1000 plan i think there's going to be something in here that's going to be worth it this right now would be a no brainer at $300 a month i think $500 a month i think i'd be in right um, so it just, cause it takes care of everything. It's like, I don't need to have my community platform on somewhere else. I don't need to, I don't need to use active campaign anymore. All my websites, all my funnels and everything. And I can do that for multiple businesses at once. When I said like, I don't want to get locked into the ecosystem of like a Kajabi as an example is cause it's all their products are like, not that good. There's a lot of downside to a lot of the products, Right. And so it's like, and then, and it's also hard to move off of it, that sort of thing. But I've now had a ClickFunnels account for, I don't know, like five years. You know, I still have, I'm not as active in building new funnels and stuff. I also have, I use Symbly, which is not a very popular platform for building funnels, but it's out there. And I use that to build my website. So it's a funnel builder where you can build websites with it too. And that's what I've been using. And because I feel like there's a longevity play here too, isn't there? Because they had the opportunity to sell and through his that coaching and guidance and mentorship you received from Tony Robbins, he basically said, no, he like, he planted, he planted his stake in the sand and said, no, 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 this is my baby. I'm, I'm going. And then they, they basically had to look at each other and say, okay, where to now for not selling? What are we going to do? And they completely redesigned it from the ground up and, and made it 10 times better and basically blew their competition out of the water and said, listen, now we're, yeah, maybe your site loaded faster than ours and blah, blah, blah. And now we're five, 10 years ahead of you. So, there, uh, there's kind of a longevity player too, because getting getting locked into ClickFunnels 2.0, whatever the the price point ends up being, it's kind of like you know you know Russell Brunson and the other key players are in it for the long haul. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that they are gonna stick it. I think they're probably gonna go public. I would imagine, um, and that's how they're gonna kind of get to the next level with ClickFunnels. So I'm very excited about ClickFunnels 2.0. Now that I've really dived into it, uh, I think it's going to be a game changer yeah. uh, in the industry. Read, move on. All right, next story here. Let's talk about Russell Brunson acquiring Dan Kennedy's life work. So this happened a little while ago where um, I was surprised. So Dan Kennedy was not doing well. Um, there was originally rumors that he died, and then it turned out he was he did not die, and then he actually did die. There was something like that. I'm actually not even sure. That, that's the weirdest story out of this whole thing, too. Like, when, yeah. when Frank Curran sent... Sent Russell Brunson audio. No, yeah, dude, I got some really bad news. 
you know, Dan Kennedy died last night. Like, how how does that even happen? How does a rumor spread that you're dead? That, and you're, it's weird. I'm not dead, guys. <laughs> but that's the weirdest thing. Like, how many times in history has that happened when a famous person dies, but not really? <laughs> I don't even know if he's actually if he died now. Like, is he still alive now? I don't. I'm not confused. Oh, jeez. I'm now, confused by this now. Now I gotta. Now I gotta Google this. Yeah. I don't, well, it's gonna be hard because there was all these rumors. So, <laughs> so for those who don't know um, about Dan Kennedy, Russell Brunson made a really great video. I'm gonna edit this down just so you guys get a really quick glimpse about Dan Kennedy and who he is. For me, as like probably Dan's biggest fan, I'm so honored to have a chance to be able to take my mentor's work and be able to take this and pass it on to the next generation of marketers. I was 20 years old when I ran into this stuff and it changed my life forever. I wanna be able to bring that to the next generation of entrepreneurs and help change their life as well. That's number one. But number two and more importantly is for you guys. Like I wanna be able to take these principles from Dan and give them to you so you have a more holistic understanding of business. Right now, all the things that people are teaching on the internet are these tactics, like, like the, the things that are here that, are, that work today but are gone tomorrow, the fleeting things. The reason why I've been in business for over two decades now because my business was not built on these fly-by-night tactics. It's because I built it on a solid foundation, on strategies, the best marketers in the world. And so I'm gonna be giving you guys these strategies from Dan to be able to help grow your e-com business, for you to be able to take your coaching businesses and grow them and scale them at levels we never thought were possible. Dan changed my life and he's gonna change your life as well. So as you can see, Dan Kennedy was a legendary marketer. Um, he, you know, I remember studying his stuff when I first got into marketing. He's, it's the foundational stuff of marketing. Um, anyone who gets into marketing, I highly recommend you look into Dan Kennedy's work. When I first started watching him, I found it was kind of boring to listen to. But the more that I got into, I love the way that he diagnoses kind of, I remember this concept of like, you want to be able to like see through the eyes of your customer. Right. This idea of like seeing through the eyes of your customer. So it's really like the psychology, so psychology of marketing, uh, I would say. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of great concepts uh, that Dan Kennedy shared. And uh, I think it's interesting that Dan Kennedy is, he is a creator, right? He's a creator and he was, he was creating this, you know, marketing content, you know, back in the day, people used to sell marketing courses like from the stage you go to a live event you go to the back of the room now and buy right maybe you have like an infomercial you know call now and buy right old school stuff but that's what a creator was you know back in the day he was a creator he was a creator in the business space right and a legendary one at that so it's interesting to see that you could be a personal brand and create content for your life and then it get he and sell it he sold, like, it's his personal brand. It's his name. He has a company called Magnetic Marketing, and, and Russell Brunson bought Magnetic Marketing and all of Dan Kennedy's life work. They actually talked about how he used to have uh, an old website or blog. I think it was on magneticmarketing.com. And they actually went in the Wayback Machine, which is where you can go to see old pages of a, a, of a website. And they went and they found all of his old, blog, his old blog posts, and they republished it. I think it's on... Can you double check that, Andrew? I think it's on magneticmarketing.com. Yeah. So I, that's why I think this is so interesting is that like a lot of times we talk about like you can't scale a personal brand or you can't sell a personal brand, right? I remember hearing about Brian Tracy. I met someone whose father bought the international rights to Brian Tracy. So Brian Tracy licensed out his content to be sold anywhere outside of America to some other person. I don't, I don't know who it, who it was, but someone I knew, oh, right. right? So that was another way where like a personal brand can be can be sold, right? 
But it's also great that he sold it to Russell, who and it's interesting to see how Russell is using it. So now when you go and buy one of his products, there's often an upsell to get Dan Kennedy's content. And Dan Kennedy's content is so much important foundational principles of, of marketing that I would recommend anyone getting into marketing should for sure study Dan Kennedy's stuff. Is like uh, when I got in, you know, this is like more than 12 years ago when I was doing it, I would do it again. I think there was just so much that now if I listen to it all, I know like I listen to everything he did, but like if I were to go back and take some of these courses again, I think I would still learn a lot. So I think it's interesting how he's using it, how he made Dan Kennedy's legacy, um, you know, come back alive. If Dan Kennedy would have passed away and was gone, it's kind of like, oh, he would have been, you know, it would have been that some, you know, people have been in marketing would know who he was or, you know, that sort of thing for some type period of time. But by Russell kind of, he's reintroducing it to all these people who are just getting into marketing now, who are just getting into the creator space now. And I think it's just the information that Dan Kennedy shared is so important for people to understand uh, people who are in, um, who are in marketing or getting into marketing. And the other interesting acquisition, yeah. sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm ashamed to admit that I haven't read any of his books, haven't taken any of his programs, but based off of the, the prep, uh, that I, some of the content that I reviewed here recently, it certainly sounds like every single marketing expert that I have studied, that I have dug deep into, study from him. So, so, That's true. so I feel like I've indirectly studied from Dan Kennedy, but now it's certainly time I need to carve out some time to actually learn it from the horse's mouth, because it sounds like a lot of these concepts... A lot of the psychological, behavioral um, aspects of marketing all stem from, all come from Dan Kennedy, which is crazy. I mean, I would love to learn like who he studied now. Like, I would love to know who who mentored him. You know? mm, yeah, actually, that I don't know. I think he was somebody who was like kind of like he was creating a lot of these new concepts. I think that's why he was creating new ideas. That's why he was so legendary versus rehashing. The other side of this too is like I've noticed a lot of creators in the business space rehash information from old school marketing people and they as if it's their own i won't mention any names but it happens a lot <laughs> you know and it's like yeah I, I really don't like it there was one guy i remember he got called out big time for like how he was like verbatim copying people and russell brunson's talking about uh just recently in this like one of his recent podcasts how he was going into the public domain so content gets into the public domain after it's been around for is it like 100 years or something like that so he was talking about how he was going in and looking at people that were in business and personal development, and then looking at some of this old content. And so as someone who's a creator, if you're putting out you know new stuff, it's great to look at public domain to see what people were talking about before. Because And I was also thinking about why do they have public domain? You know, like what, what is the benefit? And I think it benefits society because after 100 years, it will be forgotten if it's kind of like you're legally not allowed to use it, whatever. But by allowing people to go back and kind of resurface it, you go back because there could be ideas from 100 years ago that are forgotten that by us, there's a benefit for us to go look into this, find something interesting, and then bring it back up. But I do think you should credit the person you got it from, right? Um, okay, so I got uh, I had to do this research here recently. So let me just jump in here quickly. Um, shout out to Legal Eagle probably the number one legal YouTube channel on the planet today. Anyway, so I got, I got this from him. Uh, copyright is not infinite. It lasts up to the author's life or plus 70 years. It's a copyright. A patent will last up to 20 years. And a trademark can last forever. It's more about the trade. Trademarks are typically used to uh, prevent consumer confusion. 
that's how those three terms are. And I literally had to just learn this recently. Oh, interesting. So, so after you die, then 70 years or is it uh, 70 uh, well, years? It, it looks it, the way it's worded here is last, it lasts up to the author's life or plus 70 years. I don't know how the copyright would need to be filed, but there might be a, like two options there, I guess, like a box for them to take. Well, no, but that's weird. Know, but, but like, like Dan Kennedy was incorporated. So magnetic marketing, I assume owned his content. So even if he dies, whoever owns making marketing would then own it. So I wonder how that, you know, because if, if a corporation, yeah, yeah if a corporation yeah, owns the, the, the copyright, then, you know, how would that work? So, but yeah, cause that, that would suck if like, yeah, if you make all this content and then you die and then everyone could just take it. And like, what if you have family and like, you know? Yeah, we should we should have looked into this before we made this. Now that we're talking, we probably about- we probably should. <laughs> yeah, full disclosure: not lawyers, not lawyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're we're, mar- we're marketers. <laughs> yeah, we should look into this. So yeah, so I just thought it was interesting that Russell's talking about looking into the public domain content, doing that, resurfacing this old stuff that Dan Kennedy made, and now he is selling this, and I'm sure he's going to make a lot of money doing this. He did the same thing with John Reese's Traffic Secrets 2.0. So for those who don't know, Traffic Secrets 2.0 was the first course, I believe I'm getting this correct, it was the first course to do a million dollars in a day in sales. And that came from what we talked about earlier, which was the syndicate that was promoting these um, PLFs, the product launch formula, right? So that was like, um, I think at that time was like Stompernet, was like Frank Kern, Andy Jenkins, and Brad's, I forget his last name, Brad something, he went away. And then there was like Evan Pagan was in this thing and um, yeah, Jeff Walker. And so they would always promote each other's thing. So then when Traffic Secrets 2.0 came, John Reese was, I think John Reese was the one who originally um, was doing PLF sequence and then Jeff Walker formalized it. I think that's how that went. But anyway, so Traffic Secrets 2.0 was actually the first internet marketing course that I ever took. So I had had a group of friends, somebody had the set, there were, I think there were DVDs or CD-ROMs or something. And we sat for a weekend watching all these videos that were explaining different concepts of marketing, right? This was SEO. This is how blogging works. This is how affiliate marketing works. This is how forms work. And like it went on. So Russell Brunson had this book series. There was dot-com secrets, there was expert secrets, and then there was traffic secrets. And of course the name Traffic Secrets. I don't know whether or not John Reese like had trademarked that name or whatever. I'm not sure how that worked, but I guess because he wanted to make the book Traffic Secrets. So he bought John Reese's Traffic Secrets 2.0, I guess the name, I don't know. And then I don't know if he's like repackaged and sold that because it would be an outdated course. It's very old. Um, so again, it's, it, but it's a legendary program. I guess what it did is it really, it creates that story. You know, it's a story of like, this is the original course that did a million dollars in a day. But what's more, I just want to throw this out, kind of last part of this, this the story is that even though Traffic Secrets 2.0 was, you know, the first course to do a million dollars in a day, I feel like it was a million dollars in a weekend. So I just want to throw that out there, but I, I'm not sure if it was, it was a day or it was a weekend. I remember before I said it was the first million dollar launch and someone corrected me. They're like, no, it was like, I can't remember what they told me. They're like, it was in a weekend or in a day. Anyways, but then a couple of years ago, Russell Brunson was speaking at Grant Cardone's 10X conference. And this was big news at the time. He did a one-hour presentation and sold $3.2 million in sales. Who knows if, because there's always going to be some refunds or whatever it is, right? But 
nonetheless, in a one-hour presentation, over $3 million. So it was big news across the industry. Everybody was talking about this, you know, because he went in there. And they also had like audio issues and all this kind of stuff that was going on during the event. And then he came back the next year and then he did another pitch for how to sell from the stage. And so he did another course about how to sell. So I thought that was like, because he, he played into the story, right? Hey, last year I was here, I sold $3 million. And now if you want to learn how to do it, take my course. That's, that's, that's brilliant. So there's no, no better way to do that. There's a lot of people out there who talk about digital marketers doing sales funnels and call them fake scarcity tactics or whatever. I love Russell Brunson's marketing. And uh, I've had, I've been at events or dinners, whatever. People were talking about Russell Brunson and I stuck up. For oh, yeah. I stand up for him every time. I really like Russell Brunson. And I think, um, I just think he's a great person in general. I think he's a good guy. I have a funny story. We were at Funnel Hacking Live in San Diego one year and I was with some friends and we, we bumped into his assistant and some other, and another girl. I think she works, they, they both work at ClickFunnels. And then they invited us to this dinner where he had, he took the whole staff after like Funnel Hacking Live was over, he took the whole staff out to dinner and they're like, oh, just come with us to the dinner. And so it was me and like three other friends. We went, we ended up going to this dinner with, with, um, all everyone who works at ClickFunnels. And I was sitting right beside, yes. I was, but I was sitting beside Russell Brunson's wife. And then Russell Brunson was next, you know, I, it was so awkward because I was like, I felt like we were like, we were the only four people who don't work at ClickFunnels and we're there. And it was awkward too. Cause like, you know, he's paying everyone's dinner and stuff. I was, it was so, but he was just so cool and so nice. And like, I just like, I just really admire him. everyone who works for him really likes him. Um, and he just shares so much information and I've learned so much from him too, that like, you know, even though I know people out there will like talk about, you know, everyone has haters. I think the more successful you are, the more haters yeah. that you get, you know, and I would say that like yeah. the most successful people in the world have the most haters, you know, but I don't think he has that many haters. Like, it's not like he's doing really bad things or something, but I just want to throw it out there. Russell's watching this. Like, I just really appreciate everything Russell does. I think he's doing a really great job and uh, it's awesome. Yeah, no, the oldest saying in the world is if, if you don't want to, if you don't want to have enemies, or you don't want to make enemies, go sell ice cream. And, uh, but I mean, selling ice cream doesn't exactly make you uh, an influencer or someone who's trying to make the world a better place. But uh, that's the oldest saying in the world. I don't know whose quote that is. I'm not taking credit for someone else's quote here, but yeah, it, I, I have no, I'm, I'm a fan of his too. And I'm not even a big time ClickFunnels user, but I consume a lot of content on YouTube. And uh, from what I've heard from him and learned from him over YouTube, uh, I'm I'm a fan of this. I'm definitely. It's interesting to see the the business creators on YouTube. You know, I think like Ty Lopez was like the original. Grant Cardone started doing it. I remember when Dan Locke was first starting. He was talking to me about this. He's like, "There's no really big creators that are in the business space." And I don't know if you go Dan Locke blew up. You know, he's I think he's over. Oh, is he over like three million subscribers now? I remember. I, I remember when he got over a million. I was like, "Wow, yeah, he got really big," but. But Russell Brunson is just another one of those. People are copying Dan Lok now, right? Yeah. Like uh, Annex and Gall. I watched, I watched the whole YouTube video with Annex and Gall. Annex and Gall has been around for ages. Yeah. He's copying Dan Lok. But it, it's not like, okay, let me preface yeah. that because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Because uh, Annex had Dan on his show and he questioned yeah. Dan about YouTube and he's like, how do you do this? How do you do that? So like basically Dan yeah. was giving him a, a free consultation on his podcast. But continue. What, 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 what do you do? Well, I'm, yeah, and, and that, I think that was the exact video that I was watching. So Dan Locke is just over 4 million subscribers now. Whoa, 4 million? And 4.07 4. million. Holy Channel started. 
channel started on July 25th, 2014. Yeah, but when he first started the channel for like two years, he wasn't really going big on YouTube. He had like 10,000 subscribers in the first two years. And that's and that's like that's standard across the board for a lot of these. But he, he wasn't trying to be a YouTuber though. He was just uploading the videos from the from his events, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's what a lot of people do in the very beginning, right? So NX, just for comparison's sake, so Dan, 4.07 million subscribers, right. started in July 2014. Onyx and Gall, 141,000 subscribers and started September 2010. And that's and that's why I thought that conversation between the two of them was so fascinating because Onyx been Onyx been around a lot longer than, than Dan Locke in probably multiple capacities. Certainly, you too. But no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. That, that's actually not. That's not totally true. Dan Locke was was. was a, that not true? No, no, no. Dan Locke was. Uh, he he was like a public speaker selling from the stage. He wrote "Fu Money" in like uh, I want to say he probably came out in like two thousand nine. I read that book. That's a fantastic. Yeah, book. yeah. So yeah. he resurfaced it and started selling, but it was like an older book. But I I would guess he was probably around longer. He's he's old school, Dan. And then and then he went away because he was doing other businesses and investments. And then, and then he came oh, and then he started doing YouTube much many years later. We should maybe do yeah, something on Dan. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I like, uh, you really should. Yeah. Cause I, I know, I know Dan pretty intimately and from the, I haven't talked to him for a long time, but, uh, I, yeah, you were in this mastermind, right? You were in this, yeah. Yeah. Was it a, a mastermind? Or something? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was the mastermind, but like, I remember what was interesting about Dan was that before he started YouTube, he told me everything he was going to do and how he was going to do it. And then he just did it. Like he, he, he had planned this like more than a year before he started going big. He told me exactly what he was going to do. And so watching him do it was like, to me, it was like, I don't know how to explain. Like I've never seen somebody describe so visually and just so clearly about how they were going to do what they're going to do. And then just do it exactly. They said the way they were going to do it and just, just see it work so well. I just learned so much by observing. That's why like now, like I know how to go really big and get really famous, right? Because of the way that Dan was telling me how he was going to do it. And then just watching him do it over the last few years, you know? And uh, so I just think it's really amazing. So I know Dan is somebody who has a lot of haters online and does not deserve it. Yeah, he does. He does. I, 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 I met him. I, I met. I was lucky enough to meet him once. I was actually at his very last meetup in Vancouver ever. Yeah, he did. He did like the whole like mic drop and everything. Too, <laughs> yeah, I heard. I yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cheesy, but I, <laughs> yeah. I was there. What did he? Yeah. What did he say? Wait, wait, what did he say when he dropped the mic? Was he like, "No, it's over," like that, or yeah, what? something. Yeah, something to that effect. I mean, this is years ago, man. This is like four years ago, and I don't know what made me do it. It just like randomly showed up. It's fifty bucks. I'm like, yeah, I'll go. I didn't know it was his last meetup ever. Oh, was that the, the Vancouver club yeah, yeah, right yeah. downtown? Yeah, like, high in, I know. Like the used to be gentlemen's club or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, dude, the YouTube the YouTube channel has just shy of eighteen hundred videos. Man, all I do is analyze people's YouTube channels for a living. And there's very, very few YouTube channels out there that have that many videos. Like he, he, like that takes a huge amount of resources and investment, time, yeah. effort, energy. Like you don't do that by accident. He is just incredibly intentional. Now he's got over 4 million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. I'll tell he, you like, something. Big congrats to Dan. I remember Dan telling me this. This is the last thing about this. Maybe another time we should do something on Dan, analyzing Dan. Or yeah, maybe, no, I'll email Dan, get him on the show or something. But uh, no, I remember Dan telling me how he was going to create this character that was going to be larger than life. And so when people see Dan online and on YouTube, it's, that's not really like 
how he is when you meet him. If you meet Dan in person, you cannot help but like him. You know, so like the way that he portrays himself online is it's for entertainment purposes. You know, it's for uh, pattern interrupt. It's some NLP, shit, you know, whatever. You know, but it, but the way he is online is very different from you know. And I actually wish I think I've been told this. Like I wish he was who he is in person. I wish that's how he was online. Because the personality that he has online, to me, that's like not really the Dan that I know. But I remember seeing him all doing all this stuff on video. And then when I see him again in person, you know, he was just, he was the cool Dan, you know? So yeah. it's like, I, it's not like he didn't change, you know? It just, that's his character. And even looking at others, you know, online. So that I met, you know, I see that a lot of people do that where they're like, who they are online is a little bit different than who they are in person. And I think it's also a safety net because then if people hate Dan online, they don't hate Dan. They don't hate Dan Locke. They, they, they are hating Dan online. So, it, you know, he doesn't have to take it personally or something. It's like, it's, it's a polarizing character that that's going to get attention. Right. So that's why, like, I think people underestimate, uh, Dan Locke and, and, and what he's done, but, uh, I'm shocked that he's at 4 million subscribers. I didn't know that. So this is the last ClickFunnels story. Um, I want to talk about this cause we're on this ClickFunnels bandwagon right now. Um, and I thought this is uh, really cool. So what it is, is about how the one funnel away challenge helped ClickFunnels surpass their cap of having 70,000 users. So I think back in 2016, maybe it was 2018. I tried to find it. I could not find this. Russell Brunson was on his podcast talking about how based on, based on some mathematics that um, him and his co-founder were talking about based on the churn rate and their acquisition rate that they could never surpass 60 or 70,000 users. Okay. Because they had a certain churn rate, how they were acquiring people, whatever they were, they just, they couldn't get past 70,000. So after some time, they were trying different funnels, trying different things. And they built what I would call the ultimate challenge funnel, which was the one funnel away challenge. So I'll say that again, the one funnel away challenge. And, um, and then that helped them surpass, and now they have over 100,000 uh, paid users. So what's interesting about that is he talks a lot about this in his content. And again, I was trying to dig, just to like find, like I've heard him talk about this so many times, I, just, I couldn't find the clip of him actually saying this. But, uh, but yeah, he says that like it was the One Funnel Way Challenge has been the number one thing to acquire um, new users, right? They also, I, mean, I don't know if it's the number one way, uh, actually, sorry, because I don't know. I know they also talk about that little badge in the corner of your ClickFunnels page that says made with ClickFunnels. I saw a video of them talking about how that now generates over a million dollars a month. So users that came from clicking on that in total now is about a million dollars a month just from that one badge. And, um, and then they have a lot of affiliates. So they have a great affiliate program um, and so on. So what's interesting about this is I was kind of analyzing the one funnel away challenge and what they originally did with it and kind of where it's at now. So originally the one final way challenge happened every 30 days and it happened live. Okay. And when people would get into it, they would be part of a community. They would come onto live calls and so on. And I guess they wanted to automate that. So now they've automated it. So if you look at the new offer, it doesn't include the live calls. It doesn't include the community aspect. Everything is now 
an automated challenge funnel. And challenge funnels have been around for a while. I remember looking into building a challenge funnel and just kind of analyzing different people's challenge funnels. So it was interesting to see after doing all this analysis and so on, I ended up not launching a challenge funnel. Um, it is, I, I just found it was going to be a lot of work to do it or whatever. And I just ended up not doing it for whatever reason. So, but just knowing all the different elements that would go into building a challenge funnel and then seeing the one funnel away challenge and how they went from do it manual, do it live, right? That's what helped them go from 70,000 users to 100,000 users. But now they just automated it. So I think it starts every, I don't know what, every two weeks or so. I'm not sure. Uh, when I looked at it a few days ago, I saw the countdown timer and I wasn't sure if that countdown timer was fake or not, but it looks like it's real. So it starts in like, you know, a few days from now, whatever. That way people will come into it all at the same time. You pay a hundred bucks and you get all this training. And the whole idea is that you got to, you know, build your, your one funnel. that's going to kind of break through the, the ceiling. So the way that they promoted this was, and I thought this is an interesting concept. It's like you sell the thing that sells the thing. That's what they say. So what they originally did is a 30 day summit. So they would sell you for free. They sell you on the 30-day summit. When you register for the 30-day summit, then they sell you the One Funnel Way Challenge. And they did that for a long time. And it's important to always have new hooks and try some new things. So now they have the five-day lead challenge. So they'll promote the five-day lead challenge. It's free. Then they upsell the One Funnel Away Challenge. And so what happens is people go through that. They set up their ClickFunnels account. They learn how to use ClickFunnels. They learn how to build a funnel. And there are certain sticking points that they know someone can learn. If someone can, sorry, set up their, their custom domain, they're more likely to stick. If someone can launch their first funnel within 30 days, they're more likely to stick. So they actually built out other funnels and other mechanisms to lower their churn rate at the same time. And so the, the one funnel away challenge is helping to educate their users. The users are paying for the one, you know, it's a hundred bucks, right? They're paying, but they're also part of this community that's kind of going through and they're learning how to use the software. And if you learn how to use ClickFunnels, you can make a lot of money to, if, once you know how to build a funnel, right? So I just think that like, like as a software company that's so focused on education, you look at other software companies out there, like nobody puts in this much effort into teaching people how, not just like how to like technically use a software, but like strategically, how do you, you know, create funnels and so on. Like I, I don't know, like what other software out there is doing this? And you look at like, I remember a while ago, I looked at the stats for Unbounce. Unbounce was around for many years. I want to say four or five years before ClickFunnels. And I don't know what the stats are right now. Maybe you can look it up really quickly. But like the amount of users they have compared to ClickFunnels was not even close. Like ClickFunnels had way more users than them. I forget what it was. I feel like they had like 20,000 users or something. And I was surprised. It's like these guys have been around longer than ClickFunnels. Yeah, I'm trying to find. Yeah, they had a lot more runway, didn't they? And I mean, uh, the only thing that I want to add, touch on there too, is that challenges are super successful and popular. So I, I'm not yeah. surprised at all that that uh, ClickFunnels uh, deployed that strategy. I mean, Tony Robbins is running free challenges. Think Media, Sean Campbell, Think Media runs uh, free challenges. Right. They're typically like one week long free challenges. And I can't. I was googling it when you were talking there. I can't. <laughs> remember the guy's name because he he spoke at traffic and conversion summit he's known as like the challenge guy and i have no doubt that's that's where uh click funnels pro- well I, I suspect that's where click funnels probably learned how to how, how to properly run a challenge uh, because it's 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 it creates that buzz it creates that in- immediate action because it's a challenge and you want to succeed you want to do well compared to the other people in the challenge 
and compare it to yourself yesterday. And then, and then because what you just pointed out, like it's typically the low hanging fruit, the quick actions, the quick results. And then when people get those early results in one day, one hour, what have you, then they're much more like it becomes more sticky. They, they, they end up uh, actually uh, progressing through the program that much more effectively or that much more likely to progress through. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like the, I remember, the challenge guy. I remember Scott Alford. He, he used to be known. I remember when I first was looking into it, people kept pointing me to Scott. Scott Alford had a very popular uh, challenge funnel. Here it was called. Um, I remember that was the one I was diagnosing. But yeah, it's also interesting to get people to do it together, right? So if like you could always sign up and you're always kind of going at it alone. But, but, but by having this timer that's every, I don't know if it's every two weeks, every 30 days, whatever it is, but then people are going together. And you know, when we were doing social media director, I think I told you this, I, I used to, I think I I used to only have 16 students every class. And I thought if I have more, I will be able to serve them all. But as soon as I had more, it was better because everyone supported each other. And it was like, people were doing it together. With 16 people, you're going to have some people who are not doing as much, you know? Some people just take a course and then kind of like, you know, don't really focus on it as much. But when you have like a hundred people in the course at the same time, there's a higher likelihood that like you have more people who are very serious about building their business and really working together. And it just, you know, makes for a great learning experience, right? But I'm just pointing this out for people in the software industry that like, I don't know other companies that are so focused on the education side. Like there's like, you know, like they do webinars. Like I know like active campaign, they do webinars and, you know, people talking some you know stuff, but they're really not that good. Yeah. You know, I've attended webinars from other software companies in the past, like not nothing recently. They're, they're boring. Yeah. Right? But I, I'm surprised that like, you know, I, I'm big into the startup world and I just seeing startups. Like I, I don't see startups going big on education and I'm not talking technical education. I'm talking about strategy and marketing. Actually, another company, sorry, HubSpot. HubSpot oh, yeah. is HubSpot's big. Hubs- yeah. HubSpot has like free certifications you can go through. I actually was trying to go through them. They're very boring. I'm sorry. They're so boring. <laughs> so I don't think they do not compare to like, you know, Russell Brunson teaching, you know, uh, whatever it is. But, uh, you know, they are another and they went public, right? They're, they're huge. So I think incorporating, like if you're selling online courses or whatever, you know, I think incorporating online courses to software is just huge. I remember like just, Having some sort of a subscription business, if you have a, like you're selling online courses, having some sort of subscription business on the back end is you need that to really build, you know, a multi million dollar business, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, so. Yeah, I, and I, I couldn't find the the number of users Unbounce has. I don't know, maybe someone watching this will, will help us out and throw it in the comment section. I'll tell you, okay. I'm I am almost 100% confident that it's like not even half of what ClickFunnels has. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. All right. Last story today. I had to talk about this. I think this is so cool. Logan Paul, WrestleMania 39. What's your reaction? (laughs) I I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. But uh, you didn't didn't watch it yet? No, no. Oh, Oh, my God. But I'm I'm loving this this subject because... Because I think I told you before we hit the record button today that I, I grew up watching WWF when it was still the F before the uh, world, yeah, yeah, yeah. before the World Wildlife Foundation got, got the <laughs> world. Um, yeah. So uh, so yeah, I, I grew up on on this stuff, and I, I when I watched the YouTube video that you flagged for me about Logan Paul addressing this and 
the the boxing and the wrestling and all the things like say what you want about Logan Paul, but man, the guy's got guts. The guy's got balls. Like whatever he sets his mind to, he goes for it. And I got a huge amount of respect for that. I haven't seen WrestleMania 39, but yeah, I want I want to uh, I want to share some more in a minute here. But like, bring us up to speed, Matt. Bring us up to speed, Matt. All right. So uh, Logan Paul, a um, little bit of background history. He was uh, he, I think he was originally on the Disney Channel, right? He was on a Disney show. Becomes a vlogger. Gets big and uh, has a lot of very young, a very young audience. Okay, so he's trying to branch out and starts making new content to try to attract uh, an older crowd. Both him and uh, Jake Paul, because they found their their audience was like kids. Okay, Logan Paul was in Japan, finds a dead body, makes a video, very disrespectful, all over the news. That's actually how I, like, I knew Logan Paul's name, but I, that's kind of how I discovered. That's how when I started figuring out the difference between Logan Paul and Jake Paul. That's how I actually took the time to figure yeah. out. See, <laughs> you know? that, was, that was my introduction to to these guys too. Yeah, which is interesting. Too, but, yeah. but but it's interesting that's like that was like bad for him, and he I think he there was some trauma to be honest with that. Like I think he was yeah. very like a lot of media was like hating on him, you know, about that whole thing, which was that understandable. Was Right, but I can also understand, like in the moment, it's like, oh my god, this is content. You know, as a content creator, oh my god, there's a dead body content, right? But yeah, it was probably not the right decision. So, so I, I, I just observed the idea that you know he was trying to reinvent himself from being someone that kids watch to somebody that people his age would watch, and so on. After the thing that happened in Japan, he went on a little bit of a hiatus, started making a comeback, and then all of a sudden, uh, Logan Paul and Jake Paul are are fighters they're boxers right and i thought that was so interesting you know the whole idea of like him being able to be such a big creator that he could fight the biggest fighter in the world you know floyd mayweather and the way yeah. that they got in you know because they're creators and the amount of clout that they have i think that's you know that everybody knows that anyone who follows this knows that like that is just so interesting that they are selling out these shows um you know having their you know i think he has stakes in these different um What's it called? Is it Spike TV? That he, I can't remember where who sells the broadcast. I forget what you call that. Uh, I couldn't tell you. That, it was a it was a new yeah. startup, but he has he has shares in that because he basically helped launch that. So yeah, he fights Floyd Mayweather, and then like he just kind of goes MIA. You see, and then he starts. I think that's after he started the podcast. I, I don't know what impulsive was. I think he started the podcast after Floyd. No, 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 no. That's not true. I don't think that's true. But anyways, uh, yeah, so, I, you know, I was watching, you know, I'm not like a huge, you know, Logan Paul follower. I just, once in a while, I watch it. He's got certain guests on that are interesting. And so uh, I saw this one episode and uh, let's find the clip um, after. I'll just got to, I'll preface it, but I want, I want to play the clip where he was talking about how he was kind of done with boxing because he had fought the biggest fighter, which was Floyd. He's like, how, do, how am I ever going to top that? Right. And who knows if he keeps on going on with his career and he keeps on fighting, like eventually he's going to lose or fight, you know, whatever. But by quitting at the top of your game, it's like, I was surprised. I thought he was going to stick to boxing now. I thought he was going to be a boxer for the next, who knows, five plus years until he couldn't fight anymore, basically. Right. So when I heard that, I just thought it was interesting that like he felt he was done with boxing, but Jake is not done with it. Jake is ready to go. He hasn't fought. I think Jake wants to fight um, someone like Conor McGregor. Look at that. I remembered his name this time. <laughs> I think, you know, Jake wants to get his big fight and then probably he'll, he'll dip too. But like Jake Paul, like you look at him fighting, like he's like a legit, like he's a, 
strong fighter, right? I think a lot of people look at him and like, he, he knows how to fight. But getting him in the UFC would be interesting, but who knows? And you know, the way he starts beef with, uh, with Dana White and the way he's starting beef, like I, he's so interesting to see. So yeah, so let's find this clip because I just want to, I want people to kind of see what I mean. Like what he's, he, he seems like he was almost like just done with boxing. I don't know if people know about yeah, that. Yeah, know. Yeah. They know your hand's broken. Yeah. So, I mean, you, I know you, as soon as he feels better, he's going to be back in the gym, and I think he should keep fighting, but 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 why? It. But why? You, you did it. Fighting? You did it for the whole family, man. <laughs> what am I going to do? What can, uh, I, what can I do? <laughs> Does it get, <laughs> like, you it just, yeah, it raised just, the bar so high. But we need it. You need it. As, as uh, you, the person that you are, you need competition and uh, that fight. No, I do. I do. I, I feel it every time you have a, a massive fucking knockout. Because, like, bro, I'm, I'm envious. I think it's so cool. Just boxing Boxing has implications. Boxing has health implications that I actually am slightly concerned about. The decisions we make in our life aren't always based on money or attention or uh, clout. I, but I, I feel that my brother has checked a box for the family and I'm so satisfied with like, bro, we did some pretty sick things for boxing this yeah. year. You know, you fought Floyd Mayweather. So like I could I never box again, really, and be yeah. totally fine with it. So, yeah, I mean, that's his his take on it now. I think, um, you know, I, I, you know, I think it's interesting that he's now gets to reinvent himself again. And so I remember seeing that thinking that yeah, that's interesting. He's not going back to boxing. And then I see he's getting into wrestling and he's at WrestleMania 39. And the reason I thought this is so funny, first of all, as soon as I heard that, I was right away, I was like, okay, I got to watch this. So I watch, you know, there's some clips on YouTube and stuff like that, but like you see what he did and how he fought. And um, it was very entertaining. It was very funny. And what's so cool about this is that this whole idea of celebrity boxing and fighting in a real fight you know, is a little bit like you got to be a trained fighter. But in wrestling, he could fight anybody. Anyone yeah. who's got, you know, like he could fight Will Smith or whatever, right? Or, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, but literally like any, like that's what's so interesting about, about, you know, call him a celebrity or a creator getting into this space because it's hard to like get to real celebrities to fight in a boxing match where you really get hurt. Whereas like yeah. wrestling is pretend, but it's, it's fun yeah. to get involved and like pretend it's real or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, well, I mean, it's pretend, but it's not because people still, I mean, I remember when Stone Cold Steve Austin got a terrible injury and uh, had to go into like neck surgery and, and then he came back and he had come back, but then, then certain moves were like not allowed, no matter what. Like you were not, oh. you were not allowed to touch Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin that that way, right? And, right, right, right. And I mean, I grew up. I, had, I fell out of it, but like it's fake, but it's not because like even even Logan Paul says like like there's no give in that mat. That, that mat is hard. <laughs> it's not a trampoline. He, um, yeah, he, yeah he, he definitely he definitely learns. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the most unique way of how how realistic it is. scripted. It's kind of a drama. We know we know that it's not as serious as UFC or boxing, clearly. But uh, but yeah, it's still entertainment. And um, I the the thing that I gotta say here is that I the thing that I found most impressive is that he found uh, how many people can really say this that he found a way to position himself in between two completely different audiences 
and describes it in that way where he's bridging a gap between mainstream media because of his personality, because of his influence, and the WWE, and they're and causing this crossover. And it's not like this hasn't happened before. Uh, uh, Donald Trump went and appeared on WWE a few years ago. Uh, all kinds of celebrities. Um, uh, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman like 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 skipped out on some Bulls games like back like 15 years ago or whatever and showed up on WWE with like Car- his girlfriend Carmen Electra. Like this is this is like just something that just stirs up a little buzz and I I I actually really appreciate the fact that that Logan Paul recognizes the unique opportunity that he's presented with that he's you know bridging the gap between these two audiences and I'm like oh that's pretty cool man I can get behind that that's pretty cool yeah. yeah. So to give some people some some background on, on, on the story that's going on in, in WrestleMania, uh, Logan Paul teamed up with the 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 Miz and the Miz. I, I don't watch. I, I I have to look this up. I actually have a friend of mine. Uh, I gotta give him a shout out. His name is David. Uh, I actually he's programmed in my phone still as David three sixteen. Okay, so I've I've known him since uh, we you know since uh, high school. And I remember I was at his house the day that uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was fighting The Rock. Um, it was probably WrestleMania. I don't know what it was, but that that was like the first time I really watched, you know, got into wrestling and stuff and learned about that. And so apparently, I asked him. I'm like, "What do you know about the 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 Miz?" I kept calling him the Wiz, but his name is the Miz because I, I have no idea who the Miz was. And he was like, "The Miz is awesome," and he like he thinks that he told me like the Miz has a saying. I forget what the saying was, but uh, and so he, he so apparently the Miz is like a really cool uh liked uh wrestler in 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 wwe okay so they teamed up together and they fought ray mysterio and ray mysterio is an old school right so anyone who's like you know in our generation would know that and i wondered about ray mysterio because ray mysterio wears a mask and i wondered if like it's the same ray mysterio because if if someone's masked they can always change who actually plays them yeah so i wondered if i wondered if i don't know the story is there so and then after the fight, so they fight, obviously he wins. He beats up Rey Mysterio. So Logan Paul kicked Rey Mysterio's ass, You know, that's a cool, cool headline. And then The Miz uh, backstabs uh, Logan Paul and oh, beats him okay. up or whatever, right. right? And then walks off. And that's how it ends. So the next huh? fight is going to be Logan Paul versus The Miz. Okay. So I think, this is my prediction. I'm putting it down right now. I got my money on the table on this. Logan Paul wants to have the biggest fight in boxing, right? So he fights Floyd Mayweather, right? What would be the biggest fight in the W? Who's the biggest person that he could fight? And, and I'm not going to take maybe this win? You, Matt. I'm not going to You know, you know, you know what it is, right? You just say it. Yeah, I know you want to say it. <laughs> He's going to fight The Rock. He's going <laughs> to I say WrestleMania number 40. Okay, we're at 39. So for the next year, I think he's going to continue the story. He's going to fight The Miz, maybe something else, you know, whatever's going to happen. I think it's leading up to Logan Paul versus The Rock. You think The Rock is going to come out of retirement? You're like, that guy's pretty busy. No, no, no. Actually, I looked into this. No, no, no. Because I was curious about that too. Yeah. So I asked my friend, David. I said, I said, when was the last time The Rock was at WWE? And he says he comes back every few years. And I think he said, yeah, I think he said he was there he showed me the clip. Um, it was five oh. years ago or one year ago. So The Rock does come back sometimes. Yeah. So, well, Dave, Matt, if that happens, we are getting David on the show. I want David. <laughs> David, you diagnosed that. I, David, I know you're watching this. I want you here, man. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I you know after he fights the Rock, because it's curious if he fights the Rock, who wins, right? Oh man, because can Logan Paul beat the Rock? I don't know. I I I wouldn't put money on. I'd put my money on the Rock, but I mean, I guess he's got the youthness, he's got the energy side of things, but I mean, the Rock is a tank, man. We're talking about Black Adam here. Like, but you know, I mean, uh, just, Andrew, just just in case you're not familiar, like the wrestling is not real. So I mean, in terms of <laughs> in terms of the brand, right? Can can the Rock but, take a hit to lose against Logan Paul, or but, will no, Logan that, Paul take a hit? That is what I'm leading into here. I don't know if the Rock with his brand. I don't know if he would agree like that. I'm like, who has more clout? The Rock. The Rock. Whatever the Rock says, the WWE is going to go. Yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. Like. I mean, I mean, as successful as Logan Paul is, I can't, I can't, uh, like, if it was, if it was some contract negotiation aspect, I don't know. It'd be, it would be an interesting premise. I think most people would be rooting for The Rock in that, in that scenario. And, uh, uh, yeah, David, we want you here, man, a year from now. Yeah, what if it's something like this? Okay. What happens is, is The Rock beats Logan Paul and then somehow through Logan Paul's story, he has backup, right? So after the fight, all his backup comes and they beat up the rock and the rock runs away therefore they both kind of lost right yeah. they both kind of won they both kind of lost there, that could there be might be a, but i hear where you're going with that and, and then there's like the open loop because, there's the open yeah. loop that they come back yeah. right so yeah, what, there, what, what there's there probably is a story that can be drafted so that everybody's happy everybody walks away happy and it might yeah. be a scenario like that yeah yeah, yeah the true. other one I, is is stone cold steve austin yeah well yeah he would be the next but name. i don't know I don't know if, uh, I don't know. I think the rock is so mainstream, you know, and you know, he's talking about bridging this gap and you know, that sort of thing. Um, but I also just want to really quickly just let everybody know, like he's, he was talking about how, when they fight, like if they're really getting hurt, like those, the, the, it's not a soft mat when they fall. And so I just want to play the clip of Logan Paul talking about what it was like fighting at WrestleMania. I didn't, I didn't practice like any of those moves. I watched you train, but I didn't see you actually like, Pull the moves off. No, because it's because, you know, you're doing it on a... That surface is hard. It is not bouncy. It is not a trampoline. <laughs> there is no give. It is plywood. It's wood. And so everyone, you know, wrestling's fake. Shut the fuck up. That shit hurts. Yeah. I am sore. The left side of my body kills me right now. Like, those are real slams and they hurt. And, <laughs> um, you know, when I was practicing, you can't just, you know, in practice even do those moves because you're gonna you're gonna uh, compromise your body ahead of the match and for like this is where it's interesting because i don't have a wwe fan base and i think that's why they like me here is i'm able to i i believe part of my value comes in bridging the gap between like mainstream and this wwe world and i can kind of do this a little bit and i if i do end up getting more involved i would love to help bridge that gap with creativity. I, I think there's a way to make it some sort of like mainstream viral cultural phenomenon with the WWE. So what's interesting is that, you know, the way he's explaining that, like, it's more exciting to be at WrestleMania than, yeah. you know, at the boxing. Cause I, I can imagine your nerves are really racked, right? When you're boxing, like you're in a real fight, you have real, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. But, you know, watching Logan Paul, like I was just getting into it. Like I was like, this is so fun and funny. It's like, what is going to happen? Like, what is the story that they drafted? What is going to happen yeah. here? Because you know, it's going to be interesting. So I think it's fun for me. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm excited to see other celebrities get into this. I think that this opens up a world of entertainment 
And I think it's going to make the WWE so much bigger that now that we're getting, yeah. you know, creators involved in the WWE and I'm sure some more celebrities are going to get involved. I can't wait to see, you know, what they have planned for who's going to fight. I'm putting it, my money on the rock and, um, then maybe some other celebrity, you know, maybe another creator. I don't know. I'm sure. Oh, what if the rock beats up Logan Paul and then Jake Paul is in the audience, jumps up. And Jake Paul and his crew chase out the rock. That and now would be Jake, an awesome story. And that now would be Jake and now Jake Paul yeah. is in the WWE. Yeah. And then it's like Logan Paul and Jake Paul versus The Rock and and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Yeah. And oh it's my feasible. god. <laughs> and it's feasible. It's feasible too because Jake Paul would be in the audience because he'd be there supporting. His brother, he was. So no, he he was there. He was there. Yeah. 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 Yes. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair enough. So yeah. We, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, would yeah. Make sense, it would make sense that he would come back to watch his brother fight uh, uh, The Rock and go yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, and and the, the, they're going to call them the Paul brothers are going to fight together for sure. Yeah, that's going to yeah, be epic. Yeah. They're going to, it's going to happen. So I'm uh, officially a uh, WWE fan. Uh, <laughs> I've never been a very big, like I, you know, I watch it a little bit, you know. I, so what I, you're I telling they, me here is yeah. that, is that the, his, his goal to bridge two communities has worked successfully. <laughs> yeah. You were the proof now. Yes. You are, yes. You were, it worked. <laughs> Hey, uh, so you, you need to reach out to Jake Paul and be like, mission accomplished, man. Mission accomplished. <laughs> it definitely worked. I got just one last thing. It's so funny. I was watching, uh, you know, the Logan Paul's fight and then I had Marcus with me and, uh, and we always wrestle, we fight on the, on the bed and we, you know, wrestling stuff. So um, I was joking with him that we should get a WWE belt. So whoever's the winner, which Marcus is always the winner, um, would get the belt. Right. So I started explaining to him I'm wrestling. Yeah. So I was explaining to him wrestling and stuff. And he was like, oh, interesting. And I was like, it's not real. And then he's like, okay. So then I was watching it with him. He was like, I could see his face. It's like, like he was like in shock, you know? I was like, can you tell it's not real? He's like, no. And he was like, because like, you know, he's like bashing their heads in. And he was like, but he thought it was all real. And I was like, no, it's not real. And I'm like, so I was like pointing out, like, you see how he's not really touching him? He's just doing that. He's like, no, he couldn't, he couldn't tell. So I just thought it was so cute. You know, Marcus is six years yeah. old. He's watching it. And like, even though I'm telling him it's not real, he was still like a little bit like oh my god like these guys are really fighting <laughs> so i realized that uh i don't think wrestlemania is for six-year-olds yet uh maybe, so uh, maybe yeah yeah i wonder about that i wonder what the appropriate age is for uh for wrestling maybe more designed for an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old so i mean speaking to that though literally speaking to how your, your son reacted to the content i gotta talk about this just because we're we're discussing WWE and this was in the news recently. And The Rock actually posted about this on social media too. Like I legit was huge into wrestling when I was probably a little bit older than Marcus's age or son's age. And I I remember having my favorites. And one of my favorites, no joke, was Razor Ramon. He was the bad guy that everybody loved to hate. And he, like in real life, recently just passed away. And it was it was a pretty big news in the industry and the rock posted about it on social media because the rock and him, I think they actually had one match and, uh, and he was like acknowledging, uh, razor. I can't remember his real name. Razor. I always just knew him as razor Ramon, but, and it's like your son's reaction. Like, Oh my God, this is real. Like these guys are really kicking each other's butts. And he was like the, the bad boy that would come and like spit and like throw the, um, the, uh, the toothpick at the camera. And he was just, yeah, he was yeah. just like this larger than life character. And I just remember thinking he was just so cool because I was just like a geek when I was a kid and he was just so cool. Right. So 
Like, it was weird. Like, now I'm an adult, and I find out that the guy in real life passes away, and it actually, like, I feel like, I actually felt a little sad. I'm like, I've never met this guy. Like, what? Why do I feel sad? This is so silly. But, you know, it just goes to show you that the, the entertainment, no matter how old you are when you're consuming this content, you know, it does resonate, and it, uh, it does, like, evoke that emotional response. And, uh, and yeah, when you're, when you're a little kid, you think it's real. <laughs> so. do, you, do you remember... Uh... Triple H, NWO, yeah. and suck yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I remember in high school. In high school. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're playing against the other team. You're yeah. like, suck it. And hell, I remember when he was still. <laughs> I remember when he actually went by the full name and shortened it to Triple H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah good times. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, wrestling is making a comeback. And uh, I'm excited to see. <laughs> So Andrew, uh, we had a few more stories, but uh, I think we went we went long on a few of the other ones that we did. But uh, we do want to talk next week about um, some of the other stuff that we had planned about Ahrefs and SEM Rush and what's going on there. Uh, got a few other things about some different funds that are going on. There's funds happening with LinkedIn. They're they're giving away money to creators. Um, their YouTube is, uh, and Facebook is. So we're going to talk all about how creators can get money from these big platforms and um, the cool things happening in the in the industry. Um, we do have a playlist on Spotify. Uh, we put together some music. So if you're working and you want to jam out just some music, I have been listening to this actually while I'm working and I'm now getting sick of some of the songs. So I need some more songs inside this playlist. So if you have a Spotify account, it's a shared playlist. So you can add songs into the playlist and others can listen to what you listen to while you're working. So if you guys are interested, uh, link is in the description, wherever you're watching this. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Right on. Hit the subscribe button. Take care, guys.